Michigan unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six. Welcome to Spoko Radio, presented by Black Heart Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. With me, as always, is Jerry Sherwin. Jer, how are you? Happy Halloween to all of our favorite Iowa fans. Happy Halloween to you as well. Also is with us, it's the People's Champ, David Johnson. Champ, how are you? I'm doing great. We get to spend uh, Halloween weekend together, the three of us, in Philadelphia this weekend. It's going to be awesome. Couldn't be more excited. Yeah, we are venturing, although it's early Halloween week, weekend when it's November. Yeah, true. I mean, it, it's. I was wondering, like, do people dress up the weekend prior or the weekend after because it kind of falls in the middle. I would think you would dress up after because it's closer to Halloween. But to my surprise, a lot of people dressed up early last weekend. Yeah, I think for this situation, basically starting Saturday, it's Christmas time. So, How about holiday time for us Jews in the building? Yeah, sure. Holiday time. There you go. <laughs> Holiday time. Holiday Light time the menorah, baby. First, including, including Thanksgiving, because that comes first. Yep. Nobody cares about it. All right, it. guys. Reminder, subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the Blackheart Gold Pants podcast feed wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. Voicemail line 224-661-0909. We have a contest coming next week. We haven't flushed all the details yet, but it might involve that voicemail line. So put that number in your phone, 224-661-0909. So uh, you guys have a chance to win a, a pretty cool prize, if I do say so myself. More details next week after we flush out those plans. Boys, it's an off week. It's also a terrible slate of games on Saturday over college football-wise. So we thought, what better way, what better time than right now to preview the basketball season coming up here in a couple weeks? We had some news that that popped up today on Wednesday. We got exhibition games coming up this week, the secret exhibition games. But so we figured, let's just let's talk a little hoops. So let's kick things off with this for the outside zone this week. What is your Facebook relationship status with Fran McCaffrey? If you remember back in the day, back in high school or back in college when Facebook was super popular. Or even now for some of you old folk. Or even now. There is a relationship status feature on Facebook where you can say you are things like single, in a relationship, engaged, married. But it also had a few other different categories such as it's complicated or in an open relationship, as a few other ones also across the platform. So my question to you guys, what is your relationship status with Fran McCaffrey going into this season? Sure, we'll start with you. This is an amazing question, DC, and props to you for coming up with it. I am currently in an open relationship with Fran McCaffrey. I do enjoy him very much, and sometimes I will even say I love him. But there are also a lot of other times that my eye is kind of looking around at what other things are available, especially during, you know, after halftime when our guys come back on the court and they can't score a freaking basket for 15 minutes straight. So, yes, I do love Fran McCaffrey, but I'm just still not sure if we got we're ready to be married. Do you think and champ, I'll get to you in a second, but do you think you've gotten 
everything Fran told us in his introductory press conference when you were part of the Hawks' executive board and I was about to join and he met with you guys before his press conference or his meeting with all the students? I do think we have. Fran delivered on the promise that he was going to play a a more exciting, faster-paced brand of basketball. Check. He said he was going to make... There's, there's basically, there's a laundry list of items, right? So faster pace. We got back to the NCAA tournament. We've had some decent times there. We've had some decent times in the Big Ten tournament. But the one thing that he still has yet to do, and I don't fault him for this, is that he said he was going to make Carver mad again. And I don't think that's really happened. Unfortunately, that's out of his control because Gary Barda and his minions of doom refused to move the older people that refuse to stand up and cheer um, and put the students there, which I've been begging and asking them to do since 2008. So until that happens, I don't think you can really make Carver mad again. There's a follow-up question, but I'm going to get to Champ here right now. But So we'll come back to you in a second, Jerry. Champ, what is your relationship status with Fran McCaffrey? Um, my, I was going to do a similar status as Jerome, but I'm going to go it's complicated because there are times where I absolutely love Fran McCaffrey. Most of the time early on in seasons, I'm in, the, in, in love, let's say, with Fran McCaffrey. Iowa starts off hot a lot. You know, they're ranked. They get ranked early on in the year. They often start off. Start off, you know, 13 and 1, you know, 15 and 2, something like that. They have great starts this season, but then as the season goes on, they just falter, whether it's in the season or in the second half of games, and that upsets me. So I can't commit fully <laughs> to marriage to Fran McCaffrey because that alone pisses me off. It's like, how could you start off so well and then just shit down your leg down the second half of the season? Or in the second half of games a lot of time. It's like you need to put together not only full games, but full seasons and get your teams where they need to be at the end of the season. When you when actually you should be playing better as the season goes along because you're getting adjusted to people, you're, you know, your rotations should be intact. You should get better as the season goes along. And for the most part, Fran's teams have gotten worse as the season has gone along. So long story short, it's a complicated relationship with me and Fran. I'm I'm with you, champ. That's that's the sass that I would I would have as well. And I, I'm, it's kind of going off what Jerry said. There's, I feel like he's done a lot a lot of really good things since he's come here, and I really want to be all in with Fran, but then he just does things or he, or things happen that just makes it so hard to commit to him fully. Whether it's the sideline incidents, whether it's the stuff with off the you know stuff with Gary Dolphin stuff like not really really related to basketball timeouts timeouts all all that type of stuff it just it makes it hard to fully commit and i go back to the question i asked you Jerry do you think he delivered on everything and i feel like yes and it's not even so much making carver mad again i think it's more just the the one thing that's missing to me are the higher level recruits and to me, I know we talked about this a few weeks ago randomly, I came up, but I feel like there's he's yet to kind of get over that hump of getting kind of always like solid recruiting classes coming in. And we'll probably get into it with some of these player previews in a little bit. We sure will. But to, but to me, this is like his biggest thing, that his biggest hurdle he still needs to clear in my mind. So to kind of like wrap this up, what does he need to do in your guys' eyes to get away from the open relationship or the complicated status, Jerry, let's go back to you. Um, there's there's two things that I want to see from Fran. I want to see change 
as far as like how he uses his timeouts and how the team comes out at half. For some reason, down the stretch, especially like Champ, like you mentioned, in Big Ten season, there's been multiple, multiple occasions where we have everything in front of us. We have this great ranking. We have like the a fantastic uh, NCAA tournament seed that we're looking at. We think we're getting, maybe even getting a bye to start off the Big Ten tournament. And then we just fall apart. And he needs to solidify that. I can forgive the recruiting process. I can forgive him for getting guys that are maybe three-star guys that fit his mold of lanky. They're like six foot nine, super athletes that can play two through five. But if you're going to have those kids come here and you're still going to falter when everything's in front of you, that's when I have the biggest issue with Fran. So if he, could, if he clears that up, I'm great. And then if he can finally have us get to a Sunday in the Big Ten tournament, that would be absolutely glorious for me. Champ, what about you? I would really like the Iowa Hawkeye basketball team to not go on long, sustained scoring droughts. That's my yes. biggest issue with Fran McCaffrey is multiple times, not only within a season, but sometimes within one game, they'll go on three, four, five-minute scoring droughts where they just can't buy baskets. And I, that, to me, is unacceptable. You have to correct that you can't go on these long scoring droughts because that's when games change you go from you know let's say you're up eight at halftime all of a sudden you start the second half on a four minute scoring drought and then all of a sudden you're down four and that whole first half of working hard getting that lead goes away I think if Iowa's basketball team and Fran McCaffrey can figure that out and not have these long scoring droughts they're in for not only a great season but a great rest of Fran's tenure if they can figure out that one big bugaboo, I think they can be a, a very good team in the Big Ten. And Fran can go down as one of the better coaches that I was ever had. So we'll see. So since we're here and we're talking about McCaffrey to start off our basketball preview, how much do you think Fran has ridden off the coattails of how bad Licklider was? And when was that? does that page finally turn? Are we close to that point where Fran doesn't start doing extra things that we're going to sour on him rather quickly? That's a great question because I feel like uh, let's like flip it back to football for a second. A lot of people see if they if Kirk Ferentz left or Kirk Ferentz is fired, what's the alternative? And it's it's hard to have that alternative. But with basketball, we saw it right. You saw what seemingly was a good hire the moment it was made in Todd Licklider, that was an utter disaster every from the from this the first game. And to me, I think that buys. Especially in Iowa, it buys Fran more time, so I don't think we're there yet. Because I think people are going to be too afraid to go back to the to fall back to something that was with Todd Licklider. So I feel like he can ride that almost seemingly. I mean, it has to probably get really bad for Fran, where these he can no longer co like coast off the coattails of Todd Licklider. Yeah, I totally agree with DC there. I think as long as Iowa continues to make NCAA tournaments, whether it doesn't, I don't necessarily think it has to be every year, but as long as, you know, say every other year or two out of three years they make tournaments, I think Franchab will be safe because like DC said, Licklider was just so bad and it was such an awful situation that I don't think Iowa wants to go through anything close to that again. So they're just going to stick with Fran. He's shown that he's a pretty good coach and I think they're, yeah, I, don't, I think the leash is pretty long on Fran. I think he's got... Uh, maybe if he goes, let's say, three years in a row without making a tournament, then maybe it's like, all right. That's maybe, inexcusable. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if after year two probably of that, the seat gets really hot, if not 
you know, looking to move on. But definitely when it gets to year three of not making a tournament, then I think they make a change. What do you think, Jer? I'm at the point with Fran that if I, I might even be a little bit more stingy than you are, champ. I think that there's really no reason at all that if you're going to recruit your kids to come on this team, that you shouldn't make the NCAA tournament somehow. And we'll get into that stuff later about my opinions on that. But if you're going to bring your two kids onto this team, Iowa better make that tournament because there's reason, there's things that are going to be repercussions for those decisions. And I get that one of them is a very good basketball player. I'm excited to watch him play. But Fran's at the point to me that like there's with the money that Iowa makes in all their athletics and the, the, the all of the things that they have inside of that program. Yes, Carver kind of sucks. But every other aspect of what a basketball team needs and all the declaration that people have, Iowa has it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and I think this year is kind of weird to kind of with those expectations because you have the Jordan Bohannon injury. You don't really know what's going to, what it's going to be like. It's still a pretty young team. But to me, I'm with you, Jerry. I think going into year in and year out, other than ex- like, ex- you know, extra circumstances that may be kind of alter alter those expectations, like just extraordinary ones, he should be making the tournament minimum every single year. There's no reason they shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, the, the Big Ten gets, what, 16 teams at a minimum? Yes. And, like, it there's no reason to... Iowa should, should be, be one of those six teams. Absolutely. Correct. Uh, we're going really light there. Absolutely. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's get into this preview this year. Um, so, as I kind of alluded to at the beginning, at the top of the show, the college football slate, the Big Ten college football slate, kind of bare this week. So it's, it's bad. We're going to get to it a little bit later with our picks because we're still going to make some picks on, on the four games that are going on in the conference. But we thought it's the perfect time to get into the Iowa basketball preview. But we're Spoko Radio. We don't do things the normal way. We don't give you just a run down the roster of stats that you just kind of listen to and you sit at your desk or whatever and let it kind of pass through. No way. We had to find some weird way to do things. And our guy Jer here found took a little page out of our guy Frank Garza's playbook where we're letting the peacock fly. You gotta let the peacock fly. So we're gonna preview what we think are the 10 rotational players this season for Fran McCaffrey by giving you our favorite movie quote that describes him as a player, the season ahead, what we need from them for Iowa to make it back to the NCAA tournament, or anything else, any way you wanna kinda tie this quote back to that player. That's what we're going to do, because at the end of the day, we just got to let the peacock fly here on Spoko Radio. So, what we're going to do here, we're going to draft some guys. It's going to go champ, myself, then Jer. And we're going we're gonna to pick a guy, give your quote, and then uh, just give a little discussion about that player. Why you picked that quote, what's going on? Anything else you guys want to add before we kick things off? No, I'm excited. I love movies. I love quotes. This is going to be fun. All right, champ. Well, you got the first pick in this draft, so we'll throw things over to you. Kick things off. I made the, my first pick tonight is Luca Garza, and my quote comes from one of the great movies that Denzel Washington has ever done, Training Day. Here's my quote: "To protect the sheep, it takes a wolf. You got to be a wolf out there." Oh. <laughs> That's my that's my wolf call. My wasn't quite as good as Denzel, but that's that's my thing with with Luca Garza. And to explain a little bit on that quote, Luca Garza sometimes when he's on the court he plays like a sheep, 
and he needs to play like a fucking wolf this year. He's a very important member of this team. He goes out there. When he plays like a wolf, he's unstoppable. He can shoot the ball from outside. He can go to the lane. He can take guys off the dribble. He's an exceptional player when he plays with aggressiveness. And I think that's the key to Iowa's team this year is Luka Garza. He needs to be their best player. He needs to dominate on the offensive side of the ball. And if he plays like a wolf this year, Iowa's basketball team is going to be one to be messed with in the Big Ten. Chip, I totally agree with you. Uh, Luca Garza at this point, like, everything's in front of him. Tyler Cook's gone. There's no more excuses that they have to dump it into Tyler. They got to get Tyler Cook going. That's gone. Tyler Cook, great player for Iowa, but he has had his sights on other things for a very long time, and we've all questioned what he was actually caring about while he was playing. But Luca, we know his heart's in it. We know his family's heart's in it, very much so. And he's already kind of talked about things in this offseason and basically at the end of last season about the things and the changes he has to make. And one of them is absolutely has to be that he has to be a better rim protector. And I think that if he can be that rim protector and not leave it up to a guy like Ryan Creener to do all the time, like, if he could be that guy, that's what you're talking about. That makes him the wolf. That gives this Iowa team an edge defensively. And I already think that he's going to be a great offensive player this year, better than he was. And that's like a 15 to 15 point, 10 rebound kind of guy, two blocks a game. Like, there's no reason he should be able to do that. Why, why not? You know, let's say he, I think he averaged right around 13, 14 points a game last year. Why mm-hmm. can't he average 20? He's got the sure. off, he's got the offensive game to do it. It's his team. I think he's going to be the Iowa's best player. Like I said, go out there, be a strong fucking center, play like a wolf, get down there, get those boards. I mean, him alone during games, he should get three, four offensive rebounds where he can put it right back in there. He's got that size. Those should be three, four easy baskets a game that he can get, and that should raise his points point average, and that'll help the team for sure. And that's that's a big thing, too. The other one, Champ, is his minutes played. I forgot to mention that before. He's got to play more than the 21 to 22 minutes. That also means not fouling. Yep. He has to be better at that. That's very that important for Luca. That was going to be my point. He needs to be not only a wolf, he needs to be the leader of the wolf pack. He needs to kind of be that anchor defensively, that rim protector like you guys said. And he needs to kind of be that leader on the team that just is – it's. He's the go-to guy when they need a bucket down low. He's the guy on the defense who's protecting the rim, Jerry, like you said, so it's not it's not anybody else. He has to take a better effort there. And to me, like it's just it, that wolf that wolf quote is perfect, champ, because he just needs to be the leader of a wolf pack. Yeah, credit, yeah. credit to my boy Denzel Alonzo in training day came up with that beautiful quote. Did you guys look to see how many rebounds he actually averaged last year? It's got. It was. It wasn't that high. I think it was under nine. I think it was like seven and a half. <laughs> not even. You're not even warm. Oh, how many? Two. Four point five rebounds per game. That is not. Yeah. No. He enough. Should, he should get that just on the offensive side of the ball. He should have that and just tipped offensive passes to the other six foot nine guys that surround him. Yes. Exactly. Yep. All right. Let's go to the next guy. I got the next pick here. It's gonna be. Uh, our boy Joe Wieskamp. I can't. Here's the quote. It's from the movie They Live. I don't know how many people know this movie, but this quote kind of stuck out with me. So here it goes. I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, Joe Wieskamp needs to kind of be that 
that go-to scorer, what Jordan Bohannon was a lot last year. He needs to be that that guy who's who's lighting up, filling up the score the, the uh, scoreboard every single night. He's been talking a good game. He's going to be more aggressive. Not sit in the corner and wait for the wait for shots to come to him. And to me, he needs to be same with Luca Garza. Those two guys need to lead this team offensively if they're going to get back to the NCAA, NCAA tournament. In my, in my opinion. Yeah, Wieskamp. Go ahead, Jerome. Wieskamp's going to be the best player on this team, and I'm so excited to watch him play. The only problem is that this might be his last season of play. That's how much hope I have in his prospect for this season and what I think he's trying to go out there and accomplish. That's bit, is that a bad thing? Uh, I mean, if, no. he has, if he has good enough year where he leaves as a sophomore, I mean, that's going to be impressive. He's so sneaky athletic. And I think that's what people always forget when you, like, see him. He doesn't look like he's going to go up there and yam it in your face. But he has that type of ability. And that goes into your quote, DC. He's all out of bubblegum. Go do that. Yam on a dude every single game. It goes back to the same thing with Garza. Go be a wolf. Don't lose your bubblegum. Go kick some ass. And go smack these Big Ten people around in the mouth. Stop being a finesse team. So yeah, that, that goes back to the point we were talking about Fran and going back to these recruits. He has these guys who we all see that talent there. Even going totally. back to like Marble and like all Utah the guys, and like White, they have, and... they have all this talent, but no one's got that that killer instinct. Yeah, and that's something that someone like <laughs> someone needs to develop that. Yeah, well, I mean, Wieskamp should be a, a great player for Iowa. He's a great shooter. He can go to the rack. Like, let's take that next step this year, Joey, and then go off to the NBA and be a first-round pick. I'd love that. Jerry, you mentioned that that Tyler Cook always had his eyes on something else, which is the NBA, and I think, like, Wieskamp has that as well, but he also realizes that he has to, like, produce in college to get that chance. Totally. So I think that's where you're going to see that, that difference there. He, again, this is like a visual thing for him. When people see him, they don't think NBA. But then he needs to go out there and continue to put that tape for these GMs and these scouts to, to view because he's not going to go do it off of looks or off his body. But if he continues to go shoot 42% from three, yams on a couple dudes and averages like a block a game, then he can easily go and he could go be an NBA player right now. Absolutely. All right, Jerry, you're up. Speaking about smacking people in the mouth, I'm going to go in and select Joe Toussaint. And my movie quote for him is, you better not close your eyes because as soon as you do, I'm going to punch you square in the face. You better not go to sleep. As soon as your eyes shut, I'm going to punch you square in the face. And that's from Step Brothers, as I'm sure all of you know. (laughs) But there's two reasons why here. One, my guy's from New York. And we, this goes back to Slime Time Live with Mel Basabe. You want an edge with your basketball players? Go get a couple dudes from New York. This guy is willing and able. He's six foot nothing, but it doesn't matter. He's going to play like he's a seven-footer out there anytime he hits the court. He's going to be like Anthony Clemens, but with an actual jump shot. He's going to be like a def- that. That he's would be, be wonderful because def- Clemens had an edge. He just couldn't shoot. <laughs> Exactly. So he's, we already know that defensively he's going to be that dude that gets the job done. But if he can go out there and shoot and get to the rack like we expect him, that's the missing piece in the Fran McCaffrey offense that we've been clamoring for since uh, our dude from um, Compton when we were still in school. Bryce Cartwright. Thank you. I was blanking on his name there for a second. But this is a dude in high school, averaged 22-5 and I think four rebounds a game. Like we'll take that in a heartbeat. But the other reason I picked this quote is because in Step Brothers, 
Brennan's saying this to his new stepbrother. And I think Joe Toussaint is whispering this to Connor McCaffrey every time he passes him on the floor. <laughs> because there's no reason that Connor McCaffrey should be playing any minutes over him by the middle of the season. So Connor McCaffrey better watch out because I know that his eyes are on baseball and Joe's is out here trying to get buckets. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I mean, the point guard position is so open in my mind. And that it's you mentioned with Connor, I just I didn't see a lot from him last year to really be to be comfortable with him getting a lot of minutes. And so if if Toussaint's that guy, if he's got that edge, plus he's got a jump shot, give him all the minutes, man. Give him everything. Like I want, I want to see. I know Fran's been hyping since he came here, more fast paced, you know, break break the press, always running type of style. To me, I feel like we don't always see that. And I, I feel like because he hasn't ever really had a point guard that he can trust to fully do that. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see if, if Toussaint can do that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the last time we saw it was with Mike Gazelle. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping Toussaint's going to be a hell of a lot more athletic than Mike Gazelle. No offense to Mike. He was a great player at Iowa. But the, the athleticism Mike. should be there with Toussaint compared to Gazelle. And even compared to guys that are on this roster like McCaffrey and Jordan Bohannon. He should have more athleticism than both of those guys. I promise you all right now that this guy is going to be an early on fan favorite because he's probably not going to get as much minutes as we want right away. But when he does, he's going to guard a guy right off the top. I'm going to call it right now. And one of these first games, he's going to guard a point guard full court and be in his grill the entire way up. And we're going to absolutely love it. Let's do it. Let's see, the, let's see that Bronx, New York attitude coming here in Iowa City. Champ, let's go with you. Back to you for the next pick. All right. My next pick is Jordan Bohannon. And my quote comes from the great movie The Sandlot. And it is simple. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. I think Jordan Bohannon right now, if you were to talk about him being an Iowa lore, I think Jordan Bohannon is a hero when you talk about of Iowa basketball. Not only this year, but in the history of Iowa basketball. And I think this year, when Jordan Bohannon goes out there against all odds with the, hit, with the injury, he goes out there and he performs for this team, he's going to become an Iowa legend. Because Jordan Bohannon is everything that is to know about Iowa. He's played since he was a freshman. He's a hard-nosed kid. He makes big fucking shots, and he's not afraid to shoot them. And that's why I love Jordan Bohannon. He's going to end up being a legend for this team, and it's going to be awesome. I just hope he plays this year, man. I, I know he's, he got some run in this exhibition game. I hope he, he's getting some run early on this season to see what he can do. But I just hope he can play, man. He is. That's why he's going to become a legend this year, because people aren't expecting a lot from him. But when he comes in and he's like the old Jordan Bohannon, it's going to be a thing of beauty. Champ, you just gave me the chills on that one. I, I'm gonna go. I'm with you. This is that. That's an amazing pull from you. Jordan Bohannon has the biggest balls of any Iowa player we've seen in a very, very long time. I think maybe the only other one that I can remember is Marble wanted to have them, but I don't think he had the same clutch gene that that Jordan has. I think Matt Gatons had them but again he didn't have the type of moments because he was on those shitty lick lighter teams so this dude is definitely already one of those legends but the fact that he's going to come back with like this evil beard mm-hmm. and he's got like this dude says he wants to play 100 percent. and i wrote this today in in my mailbag but 100 percent for him is like 50 percent for any other player he played 32 games with a fucking busted hip mm-hmm. and didn't even wince 
So yeah, yes, he's definitely coming back. Thirty-two games, but he was Iowa's best player. I mean, at Iowa doesn't make the tournament last year. They definitely don't win their first game in the tournament without Jordan Bohannon. Clutch shots all year. Just think about that Indiana, the Indiana game. I mean, coming down the sideline in Bloomington, just drilling threes, sh- giving the crowd the shush. I mean, it, that was a great. That was my favorite moment of the season last year. I mean, did you think they even? Tr- Almost come back against Tennessee without him, though, shot. Oh, no, no nope. chance. He had a three or four threes in that second half to bring him back. God, that game was so fun. Would have been so great if we could have won it, but it's all right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you scored 43 and a quarter. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's insane. All right, guys, I have the next pick here, and we'll take a quick break after this one. But I'm, I'm going to take Bakari Evelyn, the transfer from uh, Valparaiso. Yep. And uh, to me, my quote for him is, uh, pull it up here, man, I'm glad I called that guy. And that's from Billy Madison. <laughs> man, I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes back to, it goes back to Jobo for, for a second ago that Champ mentioned. I don't know how much he's going to be able to play if, if they're going to let him. If they want him to play this year, they're probably going to take care of his minutes, not let him go super crazy early on. And Bakari, he's got to be that kind of that veteran presence for these younger guards. And everything that kind of I've seen on him and read about him at Velpo, he just has kind of been like a calming presence. I saw something about like his coach and teammates at Velpo saying, you know, he just like he kept everything kind of moving. He kept the ship on its on its sail. Like every kind of calmed everyone down, just ran the offense. And I feel like sometimes that's all you need. A guy who's going to come in there, he can shoot threes, he's going to dish the ball as he needs to do it, and he can score if you need him to, but he's not going to try to do too much. And as a point guard, that's all I'm going to ask for. He's got enough guys around him where he can just set other people up, but he needs to be that guy that, that can actually facilitate the offense. And so me, I think by the midway of the season, we're all going to be saying, I'm glad for Raymond McCaffrey called that guy. Yeah, as long as he has any sort of jump shot, unlike his, uh, McCaffrey's son, Connor, he should get minutes over Connor right away. That that should be an obvious decision. I understand he's a son, but he has absolutely no jump shot. He's a liability out there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He's the ultimate insurance policy. If for some reason Jordan doesn't play in the non-conference, which I don't even think he should at this point, rest him up, get that extra month worth of health, and then let him come back out there. But the best part about these Fran lineups and these Fran rosters is that you can put guys in so many different positions. Like, yeah, you might be hamstrung with Jordan Bohannon at the one or two, but you can put a Bakari Evans at the one or two. You can move Wieskamp to two, three, maybe even four sometimes. Like, there's just a lot of lineups that you can play, and there's multiple times through every season when you need a guy that just goes out there and is calm. And if that's what this guy is, he will absolutely have a role in this basketball team and an important one, especially if we get into those droughts that we talked about earlier, champ, that when you need a basket, you need a guy just to get the ball up, put it in the right spot, and get an easy one. Yeah, that would be nice to have a guy we can count on to get that basket when it's you know an 8-0 run to start the second half and we need a hoop badly. <laughs> yep. All right, let's, let's take a quick break here, and we'll uh, get the second half of these previews out of the way. We'll be right back. DC, did you go higher and tighter on your haircut? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh. Just probably fresh. I got one today, too. Fuck you for not noticing. <laughs> Keep that in. We're back. We're previewing the 2019-2020 college basketball season for the Iowa Hawkeyes by picking movie quotes, associated players in the 
predicted rotation for Fran McCaffrey this year. We're doing a draft style. Jerry's got the next pick. Jerry, who do you got? I'm picking Cordell Pemsel. And my quote for him is, step on the scale, step off the scale. From the classic heavyweights, Ben Stiller's character, Tony Perkis. Get on the scale, son. Get off the scale. As everybody knows, Pemsel, not only did he have a DUI that made him get off the scale for Fran McCaffrey in the offseason, but he also gained 18 more pounds while he had his little red shirt season. So I don't know if we're getting fat Cordell Pemsel back. I don't know if we're getting skinny, unproductive Cordell Pemsel. I don't know what Cordell Pemsel we're getting. But the fact is, he's coming in with a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks that a lot of chubby kids at Fat Camp had. So that's all I got for my guy. I mean, I'm going into this year, honestly, I'm not expecting anything from Pemsel. So any, literally anything he gives us is a bonus to me. I'm not expecting him to be part of the rotation early on. Maybe he gets forced into games, but I, I, honestly, I'm not expecting much out of him. If he can stop getting fucking DUIs, maybe we can, you know, expect some more out of him. But literally, anything we get from him is a bonus. I think. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, he got he put on weight, but I think that's kind of expected when he has knee surgery, and he also lost all that weight before, so he could play more in France system. So, like, where? we with him no i mean hey i know but maybe he gets he gets back in shape he plays that maybe he likes maybe he's a guy who needs to play bigger he needs to be have more weight to be able to be effective maybe he's a big fan of ponchero's burritos and he just shoves those down i mean i can't fault him for that i mean i love them too probably why I, maybe he likes chipotle and he uses the tortillas for well ponchero's. if he had chipotle he'd be shitting it all out and he wouldn't be gaining all that <laughs> weight so he would be fine rude all right, I have nothing else on Cordell Pemsel. Hopefully, he's he's uh, in shape. He's uh, playing a little bit underweight, and he's in Fred McCaffrey's good graces. What do you got, Jer? One more thing. He does have a nice touch around the basket, so I shouldn't just trash him completely. So he does have the opportunity, again, with Tyler Cook gone, he has the opportunity to go out there and be a main bucket getter. But can he run in France's system has always been the question. I'm doubtful. He, he should be what Tyler Cook should be like he's bigger than Tyler Cook so he should be that that big four who's on the block able to get down post moves and with a little bit of touch but to kind of Jerry it's the weight can he keep it off can he run can he get up and on the court and play in that's in this system he's a guy that like if he was on Michigan State with Tom Izzo I feel like would be an all-American because he's got that big wide ass he's got really good in the bucket he grabs uh, Adrian Payne type Exactly. Yeah, guys like him, Draymond. Yeah, even. Be, I was gonna say he's college Draymond. Yeah. All right, Ch- thick. champ. What do you got? You're the next up. All right, I got Ryan Creener next, and uh, this is gonna be a quote I don't think a lot of people are gonna remember, but it's from one of my favorite movies, The Departed. Just a wonderful film, so I thought I'd pull out a little something there. Uh, this is the quote. It's from uh, Sergeant Dig. Denim, which is Mark Wahlberg's character in The Department. I love this pot. Um, This is the quote. I am the guy who does his job. You must be the other fucking guy. So (laughs) he said that. He said that to Leonardo DiCaprio in The Departed. Love it. It's a great quote. And for me, it's just Ryan Creener is that guy you can count on. I mean, he can go games where he won't play for 15 20 minute stretches and then he'll come in and he'll just get three buckets right away and he not only is he consistent on the offensive end 
but he provides that rebounding stability on the defensive side, and he just plays solid defense. He's not like a great player by any means. He's not super athletic. He's not like highly touted coming in with Fran, but he just is a solid player. He's a senior. He gets the job done, and it's a guy that you can always count on to do his job, and that's why that quote to me was perfect for Ryan Kreener. I don't know what you guys think, but that's, that's what I think of Ryan. So there's one thing that you can always get from a fan base and you can tell like who the guys are that are productive and the Iowa fan base literally always wants Craner to come on when things are going sour or going south because every single time Fran subs him in, a big play seems to happen and it's because of him, whether it's a block or a big time timely steal or a bucket in transition. Something happens that Craner produces and it's because he's on the court. He's always in the, he's one of those like right place, right time kind of guys. And yes, he's probably going to have a bigger role to fill and maybe that's going to subside a little bit but this year, but he's just... He's the prototypical, like, I have my lunch my lunch pail and my hard hat. I'm going to work. I love this game. I love the city of Iowa. I love my coach. And he just does things that you want and savor as a fan base. He's the new Nicholas Bear. Totally. Boom. That's perfect. He's exactly. that glue guy who's good off the bench. He's going to come and he's going to get involved in the play. He's not going to shy away from, from the action. He's going to step up and make a big play when you need it. He's not, you know, he's not a, a great player, like, in terms of, you know, if we relied on him for the whole season, we'd be in trouble type of thing. But he's going to do his job, and a lot of guys really respect that. Taj Gibson made a freaking NBA career out of doing that. Yeah, and he's not afraid to hit a big shot either. A lot of these guys, you know, they tense up when it's in the moment at the end of these games. But if you give Ryan Creener a look, you know, from 15 feet, he's not afraid to knock it down. Absolutely. All right, I'm up next. I'm going to go with Connor McCaffrey. And uh, I don't mean to, to bury the guy, but it's just it's too easy. Sorry, pal. How can you not be romantic about baseball? How can you not be romantic about baseball? <laughs> Connor, my guy, I had to pull out the uh, money ball quote for you, man, because I think it's time that you just focus all the, all your energy on baseball. I, we, I didn't see enough last year from him to on the basketball court to really warrant the minutes he gets. There's some other guys coming in now, finally playing the point guard position who I trust more. Um, to me, it's time to just focus on baseball. Please. That, I think it would make us all happy. It may be including his father because his father might be like, you know what? He's my son, so I kind of have to play him. Maybe if he just makes a decision for him and says, you know what, Dad? I'm going baseball full-time. Maybe it, it lets off, you know, like a 20-pound rock off of uh, Coach McCaffrey's chest. And he's like, finally, I get the good son in now. I don't have to play Connor anymore. That would be wonderful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Real quick, I'm, I'm on his bio on the Iowa website, and it literally – one of his, like, honors from 2018-19 is he's credited with the assist on Iowa's three clutchest moments of the season versus Northwestern at Rutgers and versus Indiana. That's one of his claims to fame from 2018-2019. You just stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to try to come up with one compliment, and the only compliment I could really think of was that Connor McCaffrey last season was the only one that could make a consistent entry pass into the post. Nobody else on the team could do it, but Connor figured out a way to get it done. That's the only thing I could say. He's maybe gritty defensively, yeah. but... 
my guy. Go go hit dingers and go live the baseball dream. Leave the basketball to your younger brother. The other thing he does well, Jer, is he hits free throws well. That's something that, that does plague the Iowa team, but he was 9 of 11 in the 2K Classic title game, and he was 8 for 8 down the stretch in, in the win versus Iowa State. And what was his three-point percentage? Because usually that translate. Let's not discuss it. It might be single I'm digits. Him up. Look that up right now. Hang on. It's definitely, it's 100%. It's the weirdest thing because that is usually the no easiest thing to say, like, good free throw shooter, decent three-point shooter. But he is a total anomaly in that court. So his yeah, three-point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess 14 and a half. What is it, 14 and a half? Jared, what are yeah. you saying? I'll say 11 and a half. It's better than both of that. It's tw- it's 20%. <laughs> wow, that honestly shocks me. That it's it's obviously still pathetic, <laughs> but I thought it was for sure under 20. There was a time last year where yeah. it was like 9 There definitely was. He mu- he must have hit a few at the end of the year to bring that percentage. I mean, it's just up. not a great shot either. He only made 6 champs, so if Whoa. he was making a bunch at the end of the year, they were not that many of them. <laughs> He only made six for the season. Oh, my God. That is so bad. Six for 30 on the year. Not great. All right, Jerry, you're up next. All right. Well, we might as well go with the other McCaffrey brother since you brought the first one up. My quote is from Spider-Man. You can pick which one you want. You can pick whatever comment you want. But it's from Uncle Ben to Peter Parker. With great power comes great responsibility. And here's why I picked this. Patrick McCaffrey is a very good basketball player. He's going to come into Iowa and do exactly what his father wants. He's the 64-ranked player in ESPN. He can shoot. He can dribble. He can pass. He can play a wide range of positions. The only problem is, and we hinted at this earlier, is that he, being at Iowa for the next three, probably maybe even four years, takes away recruits. Because who's going to want to come to this program in the next year or two that is of a high stature knowing that they're going to be sitting behind the coach's son? So he has to, more so than Connor, because I think people can see Connor's game. But Patrick's going to be just good enough to warrant playing. So if you're not going to get other type of recruits that are in the state of Iowa or Chicago because Patrick's there, he better be of legend status in my opinion. No, you're you're 100% right. He's been the guy Iowa fans have had their eye on also for a long time. It to, yep. it was to a point before when he was in high school where people I was confused of when he was actually coming to Iowa. Because yeah. people were hyping his game so much and those expectations are already sky high for him that it's almost unfair. Cuz it's so I think people Jerry, are going to hear your comments and say, well, he's going to be good. People are going to want to play with him. But at the end of the day, if you're a kid from Chicago or from the Midwest and you're a, a well-known recruit, you're right. If he's if he's just good enough to warrant significant playing time, you're not going to want to come play here. He needs to he needs to live up these sky high expectations. Think about this logically. You're at work, you're playing basketball with your friends, whatever. You have the opportunity to go somewhere else, and there's somebody in front of you that is related to the person in charge of making decisions. Or you can go to another place where the guy that is also there, you can know you can outwork, and he might be good, but you think you're better, but nobody, he's not related to anybody. If you go and outwork him and play better than him, you're playing. Yeah. In this sit- yeah, I, I, I don't think there's it's going to do... Patrick any favors that he's the coach's son 
I think it puts more, you know, on his shoulders coming into the year. And I think what if he, let's say, struggles a couple games and Dad is still playing him, there's going to be questions. And that, I mean, that's not necessarily fair. I mean, he is, you know, coming here to play under his dad. But I, I hope Iowa fans are a little bit, you know, calm with Patrick. They're not expecting too much early on. And that you kind of let him ease in and show that he could be the next future star. Totally rival. agree. And again, I don't don't twist my words. I am excited for Patrick McCaffrey. I do think he's going to be great. But there is a lot of power with him being on this team and a lot of power in his dad's hands to continue to play him. That's all I'm saying. No, you're 100% right. Um, absolutely. All right, we've got one player, rotation player left. So we're also throwing in... Coach Lisa Bluter of the women's team and the women's team as a whole. So we each have one more pick left on the board here. Champ, the board is yours. You got Lisa Bluter, the women's team, or Jack Nunge. Who are you going with? I'm going with my girl, Lisa. <laughs> and here's my quote. It's a little bit lengthy, so bear with me. It's from the great movie uh, Hoosiers, uh, Gene Hackman's character, Norman Dale. This is the quote I got. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. In my book, we're all winners. One of the great quotes in all of sports movies that I've ever watched. It got It's giving me goosebumps, honestly, thinking about it right now. And to me, Lisa Bluter is the best coach on campus, not named Kurt Ferentz, for the Iowa uh, Hawkeye unit. She's better. She's an exceptional coach. She may be better than Kirk. I, I mean, she's, she's better. She might, uh, arguably, has had more success than Kirk. She's better. Has, so Lisa's right there. I mean, I don't think it's going to be any different this year. I'm expecting big things out of the women's team this year. They had a great run in the NCAA tournament last year. I remember watching their game, uh, their Sweet 16 game in Vegas. It was one of the funnest games I've watched. One of the first women's games I've watched, to be honest. It was so fun. I was in the sports book. There was actually a good contingent of Iowa fans watching it. And Lisa's a great coach. She's going to lead this team to success. I'm looking forward to watching some women's games this year and watching them make another run in the tournament. Jerry, so I don't know if many people know, but you have a little connection to the women's basketball team from your time. I, yeah, I have a big crush on Lisa Bluter. She is one of my favorite human beings I've ever met. I've never met somebody more passionate about what she gets to do on a daily basis. Her availability and her ability to develop and coach people not only just on the basketball team but in their life and through school and just – she is hands down. I might even bring me to tears. Like watching her as a Gray Squad member – and how she even just like talked to me and cared about what I was doing. And I was just some Joe Schmo that was sweating all of her players and blocking them on accident. Like that is just like a huge, huge thing. I think she is very important to this campus. I think she's important to this university. And I think she doesn't get the type of support that she clearly deserves. She is the best coach that we have on this campus year in and year out. Her consistency is above anything else that we've seen. And that's including Kirk Ferentz, Mr. Eight Wins himself. Lisa Bluter is a treasure, and she should be treated as such. I, I absolutely agree. And not only does she care so much about her job and her craft, she also works incredibly hard and is incredibly open to getting more yep. people to support her program. Jerry, you and I were on the Hawks, yes. Hawks, Hawks Nest Executive Board of Senior Year at Iowa, 
And she was time and time again the one coach who was open all the time of helping us helping us help them to bring mm-hmm. crowds to women's basketball games. She would come and do speaking events at Buffalo Wild Wings. She would help us out however we needed it to. And that's just somebody who she didn't have to do any of that. All the co- other coaches in the University of Iowa didn't do that for us. But she was consistently there for us because it helped her program stand out and continue to collect notoriety when they absolutely deserve it. And so one of the things I want to say we're doing here is we're going to find ways to cover the women's basketball team more this year on Spoko Radio because they absolutely deserve it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, 100%. We talk about people that are trying to grow the game all the time, and Lisa Bluter is definitely one of those people trying to grow the women's game. That being said, I'm going to take the next pick here, and I'm going to take the women's basketball team as a whole. Sorry, sorry, Jack. Um, but my quote here, it's going to come from Finding Nemo, and it's, it's very simple. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim. And that's what the women's basketball team does. They are consistently always competing for Big Ten championships in the Big Ten tournament. They had the Elite Eight run this, this past season. It's just the players change, but they're still always so successful. Think about this year; they lost. They they lost Megan Gustafson. They lost. Um, I'm blanking on who else graduated. I'm trying to pull up the list real quick as I'm pulling this up. Um, Tanya yeah. Davis, Hannah Stewart, and Megan Gustafson, and they're still going to be a good team. They still have a preseason Big Ten All American Kathleen Doyle on it, like. They are. It's a. It's what we want all of our Iowa, all Iowa men's teams to be, and they are doing it. So just keep swimming. They're always going to be right there in the hunt and being competitive, and it's great to see. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm excited to watch some more games this year, cover them, uh, and give them yeah some extra coverage that they definitely deserve, as we all said. Totally. All right, Jared. Leaves you. Leaves you with Jack. All right, Jack Nunji. My quote is. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Now you're all in big, big trouble. My guy over here just took a season off to get right. And going into his freshman year, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but there is Jared Utoff comparisons to this kid. Now, just like every other friend. Don't recall that. That's fine. I'm just telling you right now that this kid's 100% right. He's going to get the minutes available to play. And he's just kind of like Patrick, kind of like Utah, kind of like Aaron White. He's one of those tweeners that's going to fit in. He's going to be able to shoot well. He's going to play consistently. He's going to – you know the type of effort you're going to get, and he's going to be efficient doing it. So I think that this guy absolutely has a, has a role on this team coming in. He was very good freshman year too. Like he put up decent stats for a freshman. So he's got a year under his belt. He also added like 15 pounds, but it was 15 pounds he actually needed. He was a string bean his freshman year. He was getting bullied around. Now, like even if you look at the pictures and stuff like that, you can tell that he's cut up. So this is a dude that I'm thinking after a year off, just like Billy Madison, who had a lifetime to actually go back to kindergarten. Now you're all in big, big trouble. <laughs> I'm not even going to follow up anything else on that. I think it's a perfect way to end it. Champ, you got anything else? I'm I'm just happy that he did put on some weight because, like Cheer said, as freshman year, he was getting pushed around a little bit. So that 15 pounds will definitely help. Absolutely. All right, guys. Do you have anything else basketball-related you guys want to touch on before we uh, kind of move to football real quickly to wrap the show? Yeah, let's do a quick blind um, answer to this question. Is Iowa an NCAA tournament team this year? Yes, because I, I think Jordan Bohannon – 
is going to be a key contributor, and I don't think people are expecting him to be. Like I said, he goes from a hero to a legend this year and takes Iowa to the tournament. I think yes, too. I kind of like these pieces, even if Jordan Bohannon misses some time. I like kind of what this team, kind of the collective sum of the parts could be. Jerry, what about That's fair. What do you got, you, Jerry? I... I think they're an NCAA tournament team. It's probably a, a low seed, but I think they get back in, and um, we're having a, a better season than we anticipate. But I also i am the reigning optimist, so that's not shocking. <laughs> not at all. Not one <laughs> single bit. All right. Uh, I, I kind of want to talk about the Carver thing, but I don't really want to talk about it right now. It's the wrap to end the show. But to me, there's, there's a lot of discussion needs to happen on Carver-Hawkeye Arena and the atmosphere there, but we'll get to it at a later date. We'll have time. We'll have plenty of time. Real quick on some football. Minnesota, did you guys see this? Uh, P.J. Fleck clamoring for game day to come to Minneapolis next week instead of going to LSU, Alabama. To me, before this, he made a very, very persuasive plea for it. But then Minnesota goes and foregoes the night game to kick off at 11 a.m. Central time, which, Jared, you and I are talking about this earlier this week. We love that move. The 11 a.m. kickoff for that game is going to be fa- – it plays perfectly to Minnesota's hands. Yep. It does, and it, it, it kind of leads into the day of college football. You got, you know, LSU, Alabama. You got Iowa, Wisconsin later in that day. But I, it's a losing battle, Mr. Fleck. I mean, it's, they're going <laughs> to LSU, Bama, bro. It's 1-2 in the nation. I'm sorry. I, Minnesota's had a great start. They're 8-0. Good for them. But you're not getting game day, my man. I'm sorry. Any other November football storylines you guys are looking for as we hit as we flip the calendar to the, to November? Yeah, Iowa, Wisconsin. That's is the only thing that matters right now. Like I know we kind of got excited about basketball today, but literally I don't go without ten minutes without thinking about Iowa needing to put together Woodshed 2.0 on the Badgers. I booked my hotel room for Madison today. I have not bought tickets yet. I booked a refundable hotel room for Madison for the night. My wife doesn't even know that yet, but we are going to go to that game. I don't give a fuck. Baby Cakes is going in. I don't care if it's going to be 30 degrees or not. I'm going to that game. It's going to be such a huge game for Iowa and for this program and for Nate Stanley that I just I couldn't forgive myself for not making the two-and-a-half-hour drive to go to that game. So I will be in attendance it's going to be a big one. Hopefully, Iowa can get it done, I'm sure. Obviously, we'll be talking more in depth about this game next week. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. I speak for all of our fans on this podcast in saying that we will help you pay for Baby Cakes' ticket because you went to a Bears game solo again this weekend. We lost in incredible fashion. The only game you've been to recently where we have won anything of, na- of any sort of stature is when Baby Cakes accompanied you to Northwestern. So send her with you. She's coming, baby. She might not know it yet, but she's coming. Can she come to <laughs> Philly with us this weekend to go to that Bears game? Christ. <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? All right, guys, let's make some picks. We'll get into all the bit the Wisconsin-Iowa game next week when football is back full-fledged. But let's make some picks on this god-awful week of Big Ten football. Let's kick things off with uh, Nebraska going to West Lafayette playing Purdue. Nebraska's a three-point favorite. Who do you got, Jared? Kick things off. I'm going to take Nebraska laying the points. Okay, champ, who do you got? I got Nebraska as well, too. I just have a funny feeling I think they're going to win this game. I'm going to take Purdue just got smacked. Yeah. But yeah. I, Nebraska's not good. And they're, they're a team that is just 
faltering into their coach hates them. Yeah, but Purdue isn't good either. So. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna take Purdue. I'm gonna take those points. It's that line's gone up to three from from earlier this week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that field goal. All right. Next up, Rutgers coming to Illinois. Illinois is a twenty and a half point favorite. Illinois is almost a three touchdown favorite in college football. Champ, who are you taking? I mean, let's give Illinois a little credit. I mean, a couple weeks. Wait ago, a minute. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I don't think even Jerome, Mister Positive over there, could have thought that they would ever be a three touchdown favorite against anybody. <laughs> Granted, it's Rutgers, they blow. But Illinois, the last couple weeks has been very, very impressive. I like them again this week. I think they win by three touchdowns and just cover that spread. I, I'm honestly shocked that you're saying let's give Illinois some credit when the entire season you've said they've been playing the wrong quarterback. I mean, I, we're, we're going to see Isaiah next year, and you're going to see why. I said oh, that. next year we're talking about Brandon Peters right now. I uh, That's fine. Peters has done a fine job. He still only had nine completions against Wisconsin in that win. I still don't know how they won that game, but that's okay. Someone at Big Ten Network has Illinois running the table. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they should be fired, whoever that is. <laughs> That's a really dumb take. Uh, I'm taking Illinois. Jer, who are you taking? It's not enough points. Illinois by 37 points. All right. Ooh. Next up, Northwestern going to Bloomington to play Indiana. Indiana's an 11 and a half point favorite. I'll take the Hoosiers. Jer, who are you taking? These games suck. Give me Indiana. <laughs> it's not even close. Indiana's going to run away with this game. Northwestern is dog shit. And, <laughs> and the one ranked team in the Big Ten playing this week, it's Michigan going to Maryland. They are a three-touchdown po- three favorite. 21 points on the road. Champ, who are you taking? It's a, this is a good. This is the probably the best you know of to pick game of the week. But I think I'm gonna go with Michigan. I, I think they're playing well. They absolutely destroyed Notre Dame last week in a game we all picked Notre Dame to win outright. Not even. I mean, and, and Michigan just destroyed them from start to finish. They dominated that game. So I like them minus the points this week. Jer, who are you taking? Did Michigan draw the short straw on this one? That's how they had to to go out there and play. Yeah. They couldn't have all the. Jesus Christ. I'll take Michigan as well. Maryland is not who I thought they were. Yeah, I, I said it last week. I was burned by Maryland too many times at the beginning of the season, so we are going to go with Michigan. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed our basketball preview this for this Hawkeye season. Anything else, guys, before we wrap the show this week? Nope. If you guys want to give us a little love and support for this Eagles-Bears game that we'll be going to together, that would be lovely. Yeah, that would be. We'd like a little bit of love for the Bears as we're all in Philadelphia this weekend to take in that game and some college football, some crappy college football, if you ask me. Um, again, mm-hmm. reminder, guys, subscribe to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. Leave us a voicemail during these terrible games, 224 uh, if you got thoughts on the Bears, well, we'll, we'll play anything at this point right now that's with the college football slate this week. You got thoughts on our quotes from the movie from the movies that we picked? Uh, any other basketball thoughts you have? Leave us leave us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Two two four six six one zero nine zero nine. For Champ, for Jer, I'm DC. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Hawks. Later. Jake Kelly would have been an All American with Fran McCaffrey. Trick or treat, Iowa City! If you don't love it, leave it.
USA, number one.